In 2013, Edward Snowden released information that exposed the United States government spying apparatus, where United States citizens' personal information was being tracked and monitored by the NSA. This is highly illegal. The United States government is not allowed to be spying on United States citizens, so it was kept secret. Snowden reported his concerns through the proper channels, and they were totally ignored, so he risked his life in the livelihood of his family in order to release this information to the public. The NSA specifically targets the communications of everyone. It ingests them by default. But I, sitting at my desk, uh, certainly had the authorities to, to wiretap anyone, from you or your accountant to a federal judge to even the president if I had a personal email. He was charged with the violation of the Espionage Act and theft of government property. He fled before he could be arrested to Russia, where he's been ever since, and the Russians have granted him asylum in protection against the United States government. To this day, he is still under charge for these crimes, and nobody has actually been charged for the illegal crimes of spying on United States citizens. But we can rest assured that no spying will continue to happen from here on out as the United States government has learned its lesson and won't be doing this again. I'm absolutely positive of that. Except people are now talking about what could happen with the United States currency and related to CBDC. Is the government trying to spy on all the financial transactions of United States citizens or anyone else using CBDC around the world? And do they intend to use this in order to control the population more than they already do? Stick around to the end to find out. This is The Wealthy Idiot Show. Hey friends and family, before we begin, please make sure to smash that like button for the YouTube algorithm. It helps us out tremendously. We can get good financial information out to people and it helps promote these videos to as many people as possible so that they can learn about financial freedom, financial peace, just like you are. So we did a video a while back where we talked to somebody who talked about CBDC. That's the central bank digital currency and what their plans were for this currency. CBDC is the you know, kind of attempt at the official government version of cryptocurrency. And its intent is to replace the United States dollar. Right now, the United States dollar is physical, and that presents itself with tremendous challenges. So a lot of people, especially I would say on the right-hand side of the spectrum, is arguing that this is a ploy by the United States government in order to take control of the currency, to monitor and spy on U.S. citizens, but also to be able to restrict things like your purchasing ability depending on things like your political opinions or actions, which could be extremely concerning. You wrote to me something kind of disturbing. Uh, last hour, I uh, I played these happy little commercials from the Federal Reserve uh, about the Fed now. It's a new service for all of the banks, which will which will make the transfer of funds. You know, whether you're out shopping or you're a business owner or you're doing bank to bank transactions, you just run everything through the Federal Reserve, and it'll happen fast. Thought, yeah, isn't that exciting? It's very exciting. Now they're claiming that this is uh, this is the alternative to a CBDC, which is a central bank digital currency. Doesn't really sound so much like a alternative as much as a uh, I don't know system to run that on. Then recently, the Federal Reserve announced a program called Fed Now where they're going to institute a digital method for transferring currency between banks. 
And if you don't know what's happening, it sounds like these things are all related to each other. Our own FedNow service will be coming online in 2023. And in light of the tremendous growth in crypto assets and stablecoins, we are examining whether a U.S. central bank digital currency would improve upon what is an already safe and efficient domestic payment system. But unfortunately, all we have is sort of vague conspiracy theorists arguing against people who are vaguely saying that that's definitely not the case. So for one, this digital dollar, it doesn't exist in the United States. And the Fed says even if it wants to make one, it would need Congress's blessing. Two, this FedNow service, it's real, but it's separate. It's basically an update that's meant to move money from bank to bank as fast as Venmo does. So instead of the traditional two to three business days, it would happen within seconds. It does not change the privacy of your personal checking account or threaten your transactions. So if you hear people say, you want to go buy a, a rifle, they're going to say no. Just no, that's not happening. And so how do we know what the actual truth is in this scenario? And what should we be concerned about for the future? So in order to understand what is coming and what we need to know, we have to understand the problem and how that problem is solved today. So first, the problem. The problem is cash is a physical asset. It's a physical thing like this $10 bill. And this physical thing has to move from one place to another. But like anything that's physical, moving it from one place to another takes time. There's nothing that we can do to make that a little more instantaneous other than trying to transport at higher speeds. So if bank A is in California and bank B is in New York and bank A wants to transfer money to bank B, they physically have to pick up this cash, put it onto something, trucks, planes, and then move it over to that location for that bank to have. So in order to solve that problem, we created a system called ACH. That's an acronym for Automated Clearinghouse. And what ACH does is it attempts to create an IOU system between multiple banks and have a third party manage this IOU system in order to ensure that these transfers can happen quickly without actually moving cash around. So going back to my previous example, if I'm transferring money from bank A to bank B across the United States, but at the same time, someone else is transferring money between bank B and bank A, we might want to look at those two things and say, you know, $100 is moving from here to here. $100 is moving from here to here. We don't actually have to move any cash. We could just say this person lost 100, this person gained 100. Then this person over here lost 100, this person gained 100. And the cash could stay in the same exact spot. Now, in order to ensure that that works properly, we have to have a third party that is watching and managing these transactions to ensure that these IOUs are respected. We don't want a particular bank saying, you know, hey, you owe us $100,000 and having the other bank say, I don't have any record of that $100,000. So the third party is like the ledger to ensure all these IOUs are accounted for properly and no bank is actually missing. In, in cases where banks are, or a particular bank might be sending out too much cash and then they don't have enough cash on hand in order to compensate, the Federal Reserve is able to step in and provide temporary loans in order to ensure they have cash until these IOUs are settled. In order to streamline this process, the ACH is batched a couple of different times. One, it's batched all in groups of people making transfers. So for example, if you're moving money from Bank of America to Wells Fargo, and so is a thousand other people, They'll collect those over the course of the next day or so and send them all out. It's one of the reasons this process takes a few days to actually transfer. Because if someone has to sit there and do all of this underwriting for this movement of money, that costs the bank money. And if they can do it in giant batches, it is a lot cheaper. 
And that's the reason why if you see in some examples, if you're moving money from like Venmo to your bank, you can do it instantly, but you pay a fee. It's because you're compensating for the fact that they're not allowed to use the batching method in order to cheaply move all that money. The second way money is batched is through this IOU process. Every once in a while, the IOU process has to balance out. If you're at the end of the month and the bank A needs a whole bunch of cash that they're owed by bank B, and they want to use that cash to invest or to hand out to their customers for withdrawals at the ATM, for example, they're going to need that cash at some point. And so all these transactions are kind of looked at. We looked at, okay, bank B is owed $100,000, and eventually that $100,000 can physically actually arrive at the bank in some way, shape, or form. Now that's how we solve the physical cash problem and moving cash around from bank to bank, but it is tremendously annoying. As someone who does try to move cash around, like for example, if you have money in your checking account and you're trying to put it in your Weeble account, link down below if you wanna sign up for Weeble, and signing up gives you a chance to win some stocks. If you were to do that, it might take a few days for that cash to settle. And then you can go actually purchase the thing you wanted to purchase on the platform like ETFs or stocks or whatever it is that you wanted. But let's say you wanted to make that purchase today because you noticed the price of a particular stock is way down and you wanted to make that purchase. There was no cash inside your brokerage account, but you had your cash in your checking. It's too bad. There's really nothing you can do about that. You can try and expedite it by paying a fee to get it over there. And in some cases, that's not an option. So you might just transfer the money over, wait three days and hope that that stock doesn't go up in value over that time. This has actually been something that I've ran into a few times and it's extremely frustrating. So what's the solution? The solution is we should digitize this entire ACH process. I know that sounds crazy. It's now 2023 and we still don't have a digitized transfer process or IOU process between banks. But most of this process has to do with just keeping track of transactions. So instead of you know, manually creating a piece of paper or batching these pieces of paper together that have things like the customer's routing and account information and all the data related to how much is being withdrawn and where it's going and then have that batched up, send it to the Fed, have them sit down and figure out what everybody is owed. Now, most of that isn't done actually physically, but it does have to actually be delivered at a specific time and that information is then parsed out at that time. And instead of all that just happening instantaneously over the internet, we have to wait for all these transactions to take place, usually three to five business days. It's like the internet doesn't work on the weekends or something. So in order to solve this problem in 2023, we should be able to digitally do an IOU between two banks and that should be fairly instant, like minutes or even seconds in responses. Bank A should be able to say, hey, this person has the money in that account and it is valid and then go to the other bank and say, hey, we're going to submit this money into this account and that account is valid. We can verify that. Then both of those two banks send that information up to the Federal Reserve to say, hey, all this information is this transaction is about to take place. Here's the all that information. And then the Federal Reserve should be able to tell both banks we looked at that information, it looks good, we certified it, both banks are saying the same thing, and then both banks just accept that that money is transferred. That entire process could take just a few seconds. When we see, we go on Facebook, and we could see photos pop up, you know, after loading them to our family within seconds across the globe, but we can't seem to figure out how to get the Federal Reserve to write in a ledger that we're transferring money to point A to point B. So that should change. So what is Fed now? 
Well, FedNow is exactly that. It's a digitized process completely from beginning to end so that there's a server on the Federal Reserve side that will allow coders from particular banks to be able to connect to this server and handle this process digitally without the ACH process that exists now, which is like a half digital, half manual process. And that means that all of our transactions will be able to move financial institutions almost instantly with no delay at all and very little cost, which is outstanding. And when is this coming? Jerome Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, assures us that it's coming sometime in June or July of 2023. So we could have instant transfers from one bank to another as soon as this summer, which is exciting. I, for one, am highly excited about that. But what are all the conspiracy theorists talking about? Is this a giant stepping stone into giving government control over our currency and losing our right to privacy when it comes to finances? The answer is no, that that isn't currently happening. FedNow is not a stepping stone to CBDC. It is literally a digital transfer for ACH processes. And CBDC would have to require a full-blown crypto replacement for actual physical cash. And there's a number of things that are kind of limiting us from being able to do that. One of them is not everybody actually has a device. You have to have some kind of electronic device. And so they're looking into things like, you know, electronic devices that are physical that will have cash on those devices, kind of like credit cards in some way. But then the infrastructure has to be set up in order for that to take place. So there's a lot that has to happen before we get to the point of digitizing a currency by you know, a particular country. So Jerome Powell assures us that this would be at least five years away if that were to occur. And FedNow has nothing to do with that. And according to our research, we would have to agree. As someone who loves a good conspiracy theory, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't more here. But is CBDC something to be concerned about? I would say yes. The dilemma with a cryptocurrency run by the government is they could control things and they could do it instantly without much recourse from the population. For example, if you had a particular card or you had a device that had your cash, your quote unquote cash on it, there's nothing you could do to stop them from shutting that off, much like freezing a bank account. Whereas right now we at least have the option to have physical currency where we can go and spend money in places, even if the government was to come and freeze our bank account. So I do think losing that would cause an overreach problem, not to mention the fact that the way crypto is designed is that it all has to pass a particular ledger and verify that that transaction is valid. Like point person A actually has the funds and person B is able to collect the funds. That means that there's a repository of who is making what transactions and where. And I have no doubt the United States government will privatize that repository so that we have no way of seeing it ourselves. But then that means that every transaction we make will be in the hands of the US government instantly. They won't have to go to like Visa or MasterCard to look at those transactions. They could just see like Billy over here went out and purchased this item and we don't like how that item works. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I am saying that that is currently being looked at, the technology is being built for that, and different places around the world are looking at instituting that, and so it's not totally out of the question that that could happen in the United States of America. However, I'm excited for Fed now. I think that's something that we greatly need. It's gonna be super cool. If we get closer to CBDC, the central bank digital currency coming about, I'm sure we'll be making videos where we can talk about the technology, what's currently happening with it, and what we need to know to make sure that we're financially set for the future. 
because at the end of the day, this is about what we do in personal finance to ensure that we're successful, wealthy, and protected and safe. And I want that for all of you. So thank you so much for stopping by. If you like today's episode or learn something, make sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out. We're still giving away $500 to our first 10,000, one of our first 10,000 subscribers. Check out wealthyidiots.com for more information and I'll see you guys next time.